Welcome to the Wellbeing Rebellion, the podcast that's changing workplace cultures for good. We're your hosts, Ngazi Wella and Obehi Alafoje. Let's get this rebellion started. So it's that time of year, getting towards December the 31st and it's time to look back on all that we've achieved or not achieved in the year of 2023. Uh, so we thought we'd have a look and strike a more personal tone this this episode of the Wellbeing Rebellion and have a look at our personal reflections, a look back on 2023 and also a look forward into the new year and what that might bring. It's time for us to have a reflective tone in this episode. Do you want to start, Obi? Yeah, I could start. So I think personally, this year, overall, was okay. I feel like it was... That's such an ambivalent word. Uh, Overall. I I thought you were going to come up with something really amazing because you took your time. I will will elaborate a bit more. Because at the end of the year, I said, if you've asked me this question halfway the year, I would have had a different response to that, what I'm trying to get at. So it works out, it, and it rang enough okay, not quite where I would like that to be. And I, what I mean by that, at the start of the year, um, I knew that we were going to have surgery. I mean, it would have been a long wait, 18 month long wait for uh, fibroid surgery. I was diagnosed um, at the start of 2021, I believe it was. Um, with uh, fibroid or multiple, so that plus endometriosis, um, and so it was quite a full-on, so sort of emotions all over the place, including not just in pain. And so the idea that we're coming to this surgery date, which was now given in January, or given a date in March, so that means it was close to the time, and I was like happy, okay, it's going to get done. Otherwise, prior to that, I couldn't do anything, couldn't plan a holiday, couldn't do any of those type of stuff because just in case you get a surgery date. So that was it. But of course, during that, so I have to say the NHS, even with all the stuff that they're going through, the staff, amazing. I mean, I have to say I felt grateful for that. Um, the doctors and nurses, I felt really looked after. And you can see the pressure that they're under. I mean, unless you're in it, you don't actually see that. You just see what you read. So on the basis of that, I had the surgery, which was successful, um, took a while to recover because I hadn't, I hadn't planned on the fact that, yes, you can physically be okay, but psychologically, surgery does take a toll. Um, so that was something. And then also, I suppose, I had lost a friend. I've lost the best friend in the October um, of the previous year, so October of 2022. And we're still dealing with that loss and that grief. And of course, like a lot of anybody who's ever lost anyone, we know that you lose one, and then if you've had multiple losses, it just triggers the other ones. So that was tough psychologically for me, and be, but being able to manage that while still running a business and and stuff, and still maintaining friendships and relationships, those were tough. I think, and at one point, didn't think, you know, when you're thinking, oh my god, what a year. But then, of course, you ride through it you know I have a therapist so that was helpful to do that but it was an interesting one of that and then you think about the wars it's like first of all stuck with Ukraine then so that starts off like okay this is this is ongoing um but then you start to see all these images and of course 
towards the end of the year, the one with Israel and um, Palestine, and that was just a, another emotional turmoil and stuff. So it's been a roller coaster um, feeling, I think. That's what I would say there, yeah, which is probably why it's that could have been okay, like it ended up being okay, mm, considering so, okay, how it started. Highs and lows. Uh, yeah, High highs, highs and, and lows. lows and but I that. feel better than it started, if that makes sense. So um, so in that case, I think, you know, we'll be hopeful for next year because we'll just hopefully go on that projection, if that makes sense. But mm. yeah, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I think it... It would be a very lucky person who says, oh, 2023 was a breeze for me because it has been a very challenging year on the back of three previously challenging years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not a surprise that for me, it's been a roller coaster of, of good and bad. There have been some really key highlights. Um, for me personally it's been the ADHD thing so coming to terms with the diagnosis getting medicated stabilized on the medication that medication then going out of stock and having to take a new medication notwithstanding but that has been that's been the most significant highlight for me personally um, but also, obviously, as a wife and a mum, seeing how my family have developed and they've really matured this year. It's been such a privilege and, and a delight. Um, and travelling. I've i never been like you. I've not, re- I don't really give a stuff about travelling ab- abroad that much. But it was the first year since um, 2019 mm. that I've been abroad and I went twice. Uh, one month after the other, wasn't it? Yeah, um, that's true. We lost an auntie. That's why we went to Houston. Wonder where's the second trip you went to? Yeah, well, yeah, to yeah. Houston, yeah. and that was an, yeah. as much as it sounds strange that mm. going to your aunt's funeral mm. was a highlight. It was an incredible highlight for me. Very memorable to see f- for family members oh. that we haven't seen mm. for some up to two decades, if not more. Yeah, more. So. Definitely. That was incredible. So lots of personal highs and some professional ones too. I mean, launching this podcast was an idea that uh, uh, I, I came up with in what the retreat that we did. Mm. Uh, shout out to Lindsay of the Podcast Boutique. Um, when I saw, it just suddenly clicked why I should do, why I should personally want to do a podcast and uh, sold it to you. Yeah. I wasn't as keen because I just thought I don't want this would be another what's that term they use when you create this white elephant and you can't use that much what's that thing again like you create a building um, like how um, the O2 used to be this white elephant I don't know I'm, I'm going to use white elephant if that's the wrong term sorry but something to do where it's just this thing another thing to do a millstone around your neck yeah but, okay that works um but it, but I was thinking, okay, provided we have support with it, so thank, mm. thank God, because the idea of me producing it, editing it, that was just not, like, <laughs> no way I could have done that. So I'm glad that we got a team that was dedicated and, honestly, one less thing to worry about. Um, so, yeah, that was a good idea in the end, and we won an award for that in the end. 
Mm. Yeah. Winning the Independent Podcast Awards Health and Wellness Podcast of the Year, it was a surprise, number one. So thank you to everybody mm -hmm. who's made this podcast what it is. But that's not the reason I, I, I've had the podcast as a highlight. I, it's actually, I've just really enjoyed interviewing the guests that we've had on. Mm. I've, I've gotten to speak with some really incredible people and they've been very candid about their personal journeys and experiences with mental health. And um, it's, it's just been such a privilege to, to start to build this community of well-being rebels. I love that. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. So that's been one. Um, and then also all the speaking events that I've had the opportunity to, to be at this year. Um, and there have been quite a few, but definitely my favorites were well-being at work world, um, yeah. both London, but especially Manchester. I always love Manchester because mm. that's home. And I just, you just, again, I've met some incredible people this year. That's, that's for me as a real people person and a grade A extrovert empath, meeting the people that we've met in this line of work, people who just align with, with my personal philosophies on how we should treat other humans. That's always going to be my highlight. And we've met mm. some incredible people this year. Um, and I've built some fantastic working professional relationships, but also friendships that have really sustained me through the lower periods yeah. of 2023. So that's been incredible. And, and also a, a shout out to the pro Manchester team who elected me as their latest board member. Um, I'm really excited about what this means for 2024 and getting the opportunity to shape an organization from the inside to especially one which has such local influence yeah. and is so well respected is incredibly exciting for me. Yeah. So that was a that was a real high. Yeah. I think also there've been in terms of the business in general, it's been a tough year. I think a lot of businesses felt it this year. Um, revenue not was expected. So this was a tough year. Market slow. And I think we aren't willing to exempt to that at all. Um, and there is something to be said about hoping, I mean, you know, money is okay, but we didn't get all the deals that we thought we would get this year, but hoping for more next year. And But one of the things that really helped actually was collaborating with other, um, other consultants to be able to continue doing the things that we love to do. So one of the key projects we've enjoyed working on have been working with law firms um, in the last 18 months or so absolutely loved it. I'd not what well, and Gaiga and I have our, our grandfather was a, a lawyer. Um and so we we are close to the law. We feel it. Our auntie is a lawyer and our uncle. You know, so we've got lawyers in our family, but for some reason um we'd never thought to work with them. Um and so when this opportunity came up with working with law firm, there was something familiar about it, but we couldn't quite put our finger. It's weird, isn't it? Like it why do we like them? Like, yeah, because it feels familiar. Well, why does it feel familiar? Because it's like working with our auntie and uncle. Anyway, 
the point is love that. So we've been delivering transformational leadership training and executive coaching for partners and head of department of law firm with our friend and colleague, lawyer Hannah Beckow. And it's been amazing to do that. Obviously, going through working with law firms, yes, we have expertise that we have. That was always the running joke when you get, you know, you know, a psychologist and a business consultant and a lawyer walking the bar. <laughs> what you get, you get us. Um, and what was fascinating and with how our we putting our skills together like that um, was amazing. It it made it more special than it would be if we did it separately. If that makes sense. So um, I'm really proud of that. Looking forward to working mm. with more law firms with that leadership project programs, especially because a lot of um, leader lawyers or lawyer leaders, not all have gone through leadership training per se, just kind of... Very few. Yeah, very few. They just done what the other manager, the previous partner did, and they just carried on. But being able to influence this in such a way that it was a massive result at the the end of that, um, being able to appreciate personality more, Mm. the whole thing was just, it's so special. So I've absolutely loved working on those projects and looking forward to more of that in 2024 and then the other part of the law firm thing that i really loved obviously there was a report that came out last year um so 2022 it was called a one percent one percent study um and it was basically saying that less than one percent of partners of law firms in england were black and so global law firms were involved in that to produce this report and it been again law firms wanting to start to address this equity racial equity imbalance for their black colleagues meant that we started to work with our friend and colleagues former barrister Sharon Amishu on this um and so helping law firms who want to start really looking at racial equity within the law practice and making sure that their black and Asian colleagues really progress through the ranks. Um, so that was very special to me, I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all linked to why we started Aurora in the first place. And and that was because we wanted to enable everybody, and we mean everybody in the workplace, to have good mental well-being whilst at work so that they could come to work and go home happy healthy and productive and fulfilled and that's something that uh, personally those who know my story uh, race plays a big part in that unfortunately it has to and so being able to be on the side of making a difference there even if for only a few people it's uh, it's so rewarding to be doing something other than just complaining about the status quo i know i'd have to say i mean the other thing is the young again going back to the law industry only because that with the young lawyers i i i, I love delivering there's a workshop i delivered on my own because i think in guide was somewhere else and so i delivered this workshop to birmingham black solicitors on imposter syndrome um, and again, topic close to my heart because I know that it's not as diagnostic by any shape or, or anything, but it does affect um, people of colour 
that affect black people simply because of the stigma and biases that we have to pass through. And so the idea of having this workshop with young lawyers, long associate, um, young associate rather, and with the backing of sponsored partners of the law firms who got together to make sure that they're they're all supported. That was amazing. Um, because you can see whether if we can get through the next 10 years, in my opinion, with young professionals, black professionals being more confident in themselves, their skin, to move through the ranks. Because they just think about, oh, there's a pipeline problem. There's no pipeline problem at all. But there is a bottleneck problem at the top where black candidates are squeezed out. They're not reaching to that middle of the neck because they get so frustrated and different side by the time they get there, they leave and some like us just go and open their own businesses. You know what I mean? So if we can support these new candidates, whatever industry it is really, to carry on right into the top, then that would be, in my opinion, my job done, really. But, you know, I feel like that's a long way off. It feels like a long way off. Hmm. Yeah, so the, I mean, there's. I think that's that leads us on to what we're looking forward to next year because uh, it comes to the end of the year, and I'll be honest, it has been a slog. So we spend our working days championing balance, mm. blend, blend, championing rest as well as work and productivity and it's felt like towards the end of this year for me the balance has been off mm. and that's I think why it's striking a slightly uh, more down tone when you look at oh we've still got so much work to do mm. because that's one of the things I need to build into 2024 is the acknowledgement that my work depends on my rest and not mm. the other way around that's what I've always done. It's just something I've always done. My rest depends on my work. If I have done the job, then I can take a break. But I need to seal myself mm. for a long ride. Entrepreneurship, yeah. uh, social justice, fighting the well-being rebellion cause is not a quick battle. It is a war. Yeah. So I need to seal myself for that war. And I need to learn to rest so that I don't have to take an enforced quit. So that's something that I'm definitely going to do. I'm definitely going to acknowledge that I need to build more rest time into my working life and um, and just remember that old cliche, health is wealth. Yes. And also it reminds me of the um, Audre Lord's quote that says, the caring for myself is not self-indulgent self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare i love that because it's look it's a long game it's not like i think you should say that again more clearly caring for myself is not self-indulgent it's self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare i think there's people out here who can recognize that come the end of the year we're all tired We've been at it for 12 months. It's getting colder if you're in this side of the hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. It's it, the, the days are much shorter. It's so easy to feel weighed down. Yeah. 
we just need to remember that that it that's normal it's natural mm -hmm. it doesn't mean the end of the world it doesn't mean that you're there's anything wrong with you it just means we need to rest and that's not weakness mm -hmm. it's not failure it's not stopping it's political warfare self-preservation so that you can start again, start again refreshed renewed and reinvigorated that thing you always say can't pour from an empty cup yeah so it's not just can't pour from it you have to keep filling it up it's one thing to say you can't fill it empty but you have to consistently fill it up and the quickest way to do it is by resting by reflecting by getting help when you need it it by just making yourself number one a lot of people find that hard like if i focus on myself then i must be selfish so i'm not thinking about other people that's not true you can do two things at once but you first and then you look after other people but in terms of what you're looking forward to so what's your wish list for 2024 then no well, i just said it for me my personal the wish rest. list is, is the rest then there's the the professional wish list mm. I've been saying to myself that all the work that we've put into this year, all the work that we've been doing to spread the message of why organizations need to focus, not just in theory, into employee well-being, and mm. that includes the, 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 the discussion and the practice around racial equity and inclusion, but why they need to put some actual transformational um, strate strategic work mm -hmm. and investment in place. And, uh, and it feels like uh, people are kind of nodding and not doing anything. There's not enough people willing to put their money where their mouths are, right? What I've been saying to myself recently is we are sowing seeds. I'm sowing seeds. I'm a farmer. And I'm mm -hmm. sowing seeds in fertile soil. Mm -hmm. So for me, 2024, I'm hoping and praying is the year where we get to reap what we've sown and that companies will look at their finances and recognize that they need to invest in their people first, not as an afterthought, not if things get better, they need to invest in their people so that things can get better. Yeah. I think we'd want to, I think personally, I think as a, as a company, we'd want to work with organizations that have started this journey. That in other words, they, they don't have to be bought in. They know it's important. They know that their people, they look after their people, they look after people who look after them and the organization and they'll be um, loyal. So we want to work with people who, companies who've started that journey, companies who are trying to figure out, well, what exactly, what extra stuff do we need? What the, where is the gap for us? But their thinking, their mindset is one of, our people are important. If we look after them, they stay. Um, and so that's it. We're, I've always said we're industry agnostic. So even though I have a new love for legal industry at the moment, and that's because it's just, it's just a personal thing, but we are industry agnostic, which means we work with any industry that a company really that wants to do the work. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. I want to be able to train and coach more line managers. Obviously, that is the main thing that we, we do in this organization at Aurora Inc. Um, 
because we believe if we can train middle managers to do more of that empathetic, inclusive leadership work, then it will filter down and the bleeding of people leaving organizations or going off sick or presenteeism in the in the organization would reduce. So I want to be able to do more of that. Um, yeah, also want to work with more law firms, particularly around that 1% report and addressing the progression for black colleagues would be great as well. Oh, and expand that work beyond law firms. I think so too, it isn't right? just in the legal industry. Mm. Um, it, racial equity and inclusion has been something that we have talked a good game on mm. for the last 10, 15 years. But for some reason, we still see zero movement. And I have ideas as to what that reason is. Which is what? Well, it's because the work hasn't really been done. The investment hasn't really been done. It's been tinkering around the edges. And we don't want to face some hard truths about uh, the situation with systemic racism in, in I was going to say in the West, but it's not true. It's everywhere in the world absolutely everywhere in the world. Um, But I think if companies are willing to be courageous enough Mm. to ask the difficult, challenging questions, look around them and say, is this truly a reflection of our, the population that we serve, then they'll be open to doing the difficult long-term but eminently rewarding work of making change and I'm excited to be part of it yeah I love that what else yeah I'm I'm happy to do more speaking I Hmm. I like I I used to I can't believe this but when I was a kid um and I was at school I was always asked to do speaking and I always cringed I thought it was mightily embarrassing why on god's earth are they making me be the one to speak up mm. uh probably because i've got a loud voice <laughs> i don't know but now i i have to admit i quite like to command the stage i think it's uh it's i missed a calling in life i could have gone into theater i didn't i went into mental well-being instead but i can still command the stage so yeah i'd like us to do more speaking yeah, i'd like to go on do more panels i think that's what I, they were doing a lot of those um online during that pandemic time for some reason i just realized that i hadn't done as much in person um and also one of the key things, because in the last, when was it? Two years ago, I started wearing hearing aids for the first time in my adult life. Like I I needed those hearing aids. I've needed them since I was a kid, but somehow I didn't have them. And so in the last couple of years, being able to get used to this idea that I was hard of hearing, because I've had to almost have to say it with my own mouth that I was hard of hearing. And I think that affected my confidence around speaking, thinking, oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I obviously sound different, um, but it's being able to think, actually, yes, I've sounded different the whole time, but it's only drawn attention to it in the last couple of years because of now visibly hearing, having a hearing aid with, has a, a meaning. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of panel stuff um, during the pandemic online, maybe because it felt easier online, I don't know. But um, it'd be good to be able to do more of them in person now 
beating people. I'm a people person. So, yeah, I could, I could do more of those, actually. Looking forward to doing those in 24. Um, yeah, that's what I would say there about the speaking thing. I'm not talking about keynote stuff, although fireside, fireside chat stuff. Kind of go one on one. You might want to re- re-say that. I know, that. but see, you see, look at why I don't like doing it because there's a, oh, you've got the wrong word. Wrong. Yeah, but it's not a big deal, but it's not. But chat is a trick. They do. I know, but exactly. Chat and, and chat sound too they, similar. I know. They are exactly. <laughs> you don't want to do it. Like, she does not want to do a like, fireside oh chat. That's and for be, sure. And that's exactly the point. That's the, but I know the typical. Nobody. I know, cares. but I nobody exactly. Knowing that in a room, they already knew what I was going to say. Yes, it's funny, and I can laugh at that. It's not really a big deal. But it's only when you think, oh, is that preventing? me from being asked again so it's like oh, i don't know but actually for the most part people don't care and online nobody cared anyway the point is to do more <laughs> but it yeah. seems a bit rambly but i know it but that's why it's reflective isn't it we're not it's not necessarily planned it's just talking yeah but the other the other thing i wanted to make the final thing actually was i know a lot of organizations had this mental health first aiders and it was always my Bear, big bear, you know, as a my bugbear, I don't know that's, that's the right word. Bugbear. As a almost like I knew the reason. We know the reason why people had had mental health first aided. It was to support the staff population, and I I totally get it. I think what I'm prepared to do more of this year is don't want to have to keep sort of knocking it because at the end of the day that was there. But I felt one of the key things for me like I felt protective of the mental health first aiders themselves who had gone through all in all maybe two days of training because they're interested in this topic some of them personal um, circumstances had brought them to do that either they personally experienced it or they have a family member who had a mental health issue that they felt really close to so therefore felt the need to call to help and support and volunteer their time. And for me, the idea that a practitioner will volunteer their time who would not been trained a step for two-day training will be left to take on other people's emotional stuff, traumas, and to process it and still get on with their day-to-day day job. I think I found that really tough. But what I want to do more up in 2024 if an organization is insisting on doing those then they should support around reflective practice so they don't burn themselves out so i will want to offer more organization for reflective practice for their mental health first aiders now if you're an organization out there who haven't done that try and investigate into how you might get either an on-site qualified counselor to come in and support your mental health first aiders once a month or whatever, so that that way they are safe in their practice and they're not, and it, you know, it's, uh, what's that word I'm looking for now? There's boundaries around the thing that they're doing so they don't go outside of the realm of their expertise, really. So that's, what I, that's my final thing. I'm just thinking about them at the moment. Okay. Yeah, so what about you? Have you had some uh two 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 oh two three how do you say that twenty twenty three how did you say two oh two three? I don't know. I was looking for a Who cool way that? of saying that. Two oh two three. Well that's what it is. Who said that? I do. Have you had some twenty twenty three reflections? Have you um are you feeling like us, a little melancholic? Yeah. Looking back at 
the year that was. Uh, perhaps you're feeling really positive and looking ahead to 2024. What are your projections for your future? Yeah. It'd be really cool to hear from you guys. Um, so, yeah, let us know, Rebels. How have you found this year and what are you looking forward to next year? We um, will be back again, won't we? Yeah, but have a lovely Christmas and a holiday um, wherever you are. And we will see you in 2024. We'll see you renewed, rested and invigorated in 2024 with a new schedule of wonderful guest episodes and learning modules and all sorts of exciting stuff. So we'll see you next time, Rebels. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wellbeing Rebellion. If you liked what you just heard, please share it with your colleagues, follow us on LinkedIn, the link will be in the show notes, and generally show us some love. We want to build a whole army of fellow rebels who want to create positive workplaces for everyone. Will you join the rebellion? See you next time.